Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Tom Moran here from Tom's Big Spiders. So to kick this one off, last week we talked about the whole handling debate. And <laughs> as luck would have it, I received a comment and an email in the same week, one from a podcast listener. So again, I'm not making fun of anybody. It's just funny. This is kind of how my life goes. The first one was a comment on a video where I'm guessing I didn't go back through the video, but I'm guessing at some point in the video, I made the comment that I don't handle or I don't encourage handling. And the person came on and went, wow, that's great that you don't encourage handling. I have a question for you. Which species would you recommend me getting? I'm just getting into the hobby and I really want to handle. I like holding all my animals. And I'm like, I did just say that I don't like to handle them. I don't encourage handling. So I'm not really the person to ask, which is what I politely said. Again, I think part of what we're going to lead into today talking about this kind of falls in the same realm is recognizing sometimes people are going to say stuff that you don't agree with. And sometimes people are going to say stuff that goes against what you believe as far as the hobby is concerned, but there's ways to approach it that hopefully the person eventually, I don't know, gets the correct information or develops the correct mindset. So I said, listen, obviously, if you saw the video, you know I don't handle. Here's why. If you really are intent on handling your spiders, I don't encourage it, but you might want to look for other folks that do handle their spiders. You know, this was on YouTube. Obviously, there are plenty of people out there on YouTube that will handle. There are tutorials out there on how to correctly handle your spider. I'm just not your guy. The other one was an email and somebody basically asked, I know you don't handle, but if you were to choose, what would you think the best old world species would be to handle? And this one had me fairly perplexed because the individual seemed like they listened to the podcast, knew my stance on handling. If they knew my stance on handling, I've said many, many times, I see zero need to ever hold an old world species. I do understand folks wanting to be closer to their animals. I do understand folks that have what they see as a very docile new world tarantula and they want to I get that aspect of it but I do I don't see any reason whatsoever for holding old worlds I know some folks will do it and they'll go what we're showing they're not as bad as people think they are yeah but unfortunately you're giving that you're sending the wrong message because now everybody thinks they can go hold their pokey or their obt or their HMAC, and that's just simply not the case. You have a spider that's very laid back and apparently tame and tractable, but other folks may not. That's not a good message to send. And let's call it as it is. Usually when folks are handling these things, they're not doing it in the comfort of their own home with no cameras around. It's usually there for a camera to go, hey, look what I'm doing. The ones that are doing it at their home with no cameras around, maybe it's something, you know, maybe it is something they just like handling animals and that's how they, you know, they, they handle everything. I get it. I remember there was a YouTuber, a very infamous YouTuber a ways back that was picking up everything. She was handling, picking up, you know, just reaching, grab a cobalt blue and put it on her arm. It was bonkers. And in that case, I think that was just a wee bit of insanity, perhaps. But I just don't see any reason whatsoever for anybody to handle old worlds. And then to ask me, which is, you know, if you had to pick, I don't pick any. Like, bottom line, I have an OBT that I could probably put my hand out there and it would crawl into it. I have a couple Harpactera species. My Harpactera pulchropes, female, I'm pretty positive if I put my hand in there, she would crawl right into it without issue. But what sense does that make? What does she get out of it? What if it, I can say, oh, I held an H. Polkerbees. I'd never show anybody because it would make me a huge hypocrite, quite frankly. And I know I wouldn't get any like affection from her. I have my dogs for that. So I see no reason for it. So here's the deal. Moving ahead, if folks are intent on handling, then I would honestly encourage you to find somebody out there that likes to handle as well, that can give you the tips. I am not the person 
to ask. I, I think that was the, the funny part of this is if they're like, I know you don't like to handle, but, and I guess part of it is they appreciate the information I give. They trust me as a source. But when somebody says they don't engage in that type of activity, they're not going to have any feedback. I don't know. I can't tell you the best way to pick up an HMAC and put it on your hand. So you can, I don't know anything about that because I don't do it. I, again, I've had very limited handling experiences overall. There are other people out there that do a lot more handling. Those are the ones you want to contact. And it happens, you know, I get it. And I, I guess part of it is they, they again, respect my material. They appreciate what I'm doing. And they just think, hey, what the heck? You know, you have a lot of, I think this was posed more in a way of you have a lot of experience with a lot of different old worlds. If you were to handle one, what would you handle? And the problem is, in my mind, I wouldn't handle any of them. I, that's it. So, and, and this happens a lot like with, other things that I take a stand on, like I'm, I'm obviously against having to heat or add any heat elements or heat pads or anything, unless you're in one of those situations. My my listeners out in Scotland, Ireland, I get a lot of folks out there that apparently the homes get much colder than they do in the U.S. It sounds like you know we can drop in the 50s, and that's that can be concerning with certain species. If you have a situation where your temps are dropping down low, obviously you need him. But overall, my big thing is room temperature, and we're talking, you know, mid 60s. 70 around that area they can drop the mid 60s they'll be fine is perfectly fine for the majority of species out there but I'll still get folks that'll come on and go hey I know you say you don't want to heat my house right now is 72 degrees but I'd really like them to grow faster so how can I heat them and it's like no we just said don't do that so again something I it just struck me as amusing because I just did this long podcast on handling I usually try to shy away from it because I get how passionate people can get about it. I get the passion on both sides. I really, I've stated that many times and that's not a cop out. I can see both perspectives on it. I can see somebody who has worked around. I mean, a lot of folks grew up in situations where they're out in the woods all the time. They were handling, they were finding spiders and bugs and snakes and all kinds of lizards and amphibians and they were handling them and they don't think anything of it. So I get that line of like, Hey, this isn't that big of a deal. And I also get the folks that they love their animals. I know I just had somebody message me on, I believe it was YouTube, and they were talking about how they don't see their tarantulas and their spiders as pets. They see them as showcase animals. And I thought that was a unique way of putting it. They're saying, and this will lead into our next thing in a moment about closures, but that's a neat way of looking at it, that they're not, if, if you describe a pet as something that's going to reciprocate your attention, it's going to appreciate affection, then obviously spiders are not, for you guys, wouldn't be a pet. uh, We've had this debate before. I think I covered this one before. I do care for my animals. I enjoy caring for them. I'm upset when they die, but I don't expect any affection from them. But there are some people out there that that's not necessarily the case. They do see signs, whether real or imagined, that their spiders are reciprocating their affection and handling them is like they feel like they need to handle them. So I've had folks tell me, and I don't know if we covered this in the last one, that they feel like they're doing the animals a disservice by not handling them because the the animal is craving human attention, which we most of us will agree is wrong. But that line of thinking, you can see how passionate it is and that can get you in trouble too. So I do get where people are coming from. I do see this is going to be something that every year or so we we do revisit the the, the handling thing again because I think some people need to hear it. And again, I encourage folks be open minded when it comes up on the boards and when it comes up on the Facebook groups and when it comes up in videos. Trashing somebody isn't any way to get to them and and get through to them. So if you are somebody that's anti handling. 
please recognize that screaming at the person and telling them how terrible they're being their tarantula is probably not going to get the reaction that you want. And if you're one of the people that's pro-handling, please recognize that when you post up these pictures, and, and this is one of the reasons I'm not on Facebook all lot. It seems like Facebook now is all the time. I flicked through it the other day, and it's like every other picture with somebody with a, a spider on their hand with the old disclaimer, handle at your own risk, that's supposed to make every... I don't, I don't know. It's just like... A lot of folks handling them, which again, that's why I'm not on Facebook all that much. I just uh, don't bother looking at. It. But just know that if you put that up in the wrong place, you are going to get chastised by other keepers who don't agree with you. So it's almost, I wish it would just go away, but it's always going to be there. It's always going to be something we wrestle with. And I think the hobby is always going to have folks that come in are always going to have that expectation that handling is something we have to do. So moving on to our another topic for today, I finally going to do a quick review. I don't do a lot of these. And just a heads up, when I do reviews, it's I struggle with these because it, it kind of goes out of my realm of what I like to cover. I like doing husbandry. I like doing care. I like doing big topics. And I don't, uh, back in the day, I liked doing reviews because I realized at some point when I got my, when I had my website and traffic was high, that I could, I had an audience. So if something went wrong with me, if I bought something from a dealer or if I bought an enclosure or I bought some type of, I don't know, husbandry device, I, I can't think of anything else I would buy. A lot of different things out there though. If I bought something and I didn't have a good experience, my thought was I'd rather lose the money and be able to warn people about it because I had an outlet to vent. I had a way to get a hold of people and go, hey, you need to shy away from these people or this is not a reputable deal or be careful. And on top of that, sometimes there's just stuff out there that I find that I think folks would be interested in taking a look at. And in many cases, it's stuff that I don't know if I'd necessarily use, if that makes sense. But it's something that I know that there are other folks out there that there is a there is a market for this. And by market, I mean there are people out there that are going to look at this product and go, holy crud, where was this all my life? You know, we talk about the tinker frames as you know something that some folks are just all over those because they hate futzing with the covers. They hate ripping out the screens on the exoterrors. They hate doing the whole thing. They're either not do-it-yourselfers or just don't have the time or don't feel like doing it. So for them, that's a good value. And of course, there's always the other contingency that looks at that and says, why would I go and spend $25 or $30 for a replacement cover where with you know five bucks of my own money, I can buy some plexiglass, drill it, get some silicone and have that thing all fixed up within a half hour. I mean, I totally get both sides of it. But one of the reasons I do like to do some of the reviews because there are folks out there that would benefit from this stuff that are appreciative when they find it. And again, just because I don't necessarily use it or if it's something that I wouldn't personally use doesn't mean it's something that somebody else can use. And that'll lead to our main topic in a moment. But anyway, I finally placed an order from Tarantula Cribs. I meant to for quite some time and it just one of those deals where it, it wasn't in the cards and then I went to order something it was out of stock well I finally ordered a couple enclosures and they of course sent a lot more than a couple enclosures I tried to just order two to check them out and I was going to get some more later on and they sent a bunch of the sling cribs and a couple of the tarantula cubes for slings which this is something and I'll be a full disclaimer here something I probably wouldn't buy because my thing with slings and I just want to explain my theory on this before I get into the review of these cages. I'll do a review of the other ones later. 
my thing with slings is at that size, I'm not looking to display them in something pretty. I'm looking at something cheap because most of them aren't going to spend a lot of time in that enclosure. For me, it's not worth spending a bunch of money, $5, $10, $15 for a sling enclosure when right now I look over and I'm glancing over to my left and there are probably 30 slings over there. I would not want to spend that, you know, 30 slings, $10, you know, do the math, $10 in a closure. That's 300 bucks that I could spend on, you know, a few really nice adult enclosures. Because for me, slings and juveniles, they're only going to be in those enclosures for a short amount of time. So I'm not so concerned with displaying them at that point. Once they get to be young adult size or adult size, then we start looking at the pretty enclosures because now I want to show them off. But my thing is I don't spend a lot of money on the sling enclosure. The most I'll go, I'll usually use obviously dram vials for the really small ones. I will use 16, 20 or 32 ounce deli cups for some of them. And then I like the MAC boxes, which is about as expensive as I will go. They run anywhere from $2 each to $4 each, maybe even $5 for the really big ones, but still not all that much money. You get a drill, some holes in it, and you're good to go, and you have a really nice enclosure. However, I do recognize and understand that there are folks out there that appreciate this kind of thing. That there, are, I can't tell you how many times I'll get an email or a message. Hey, Tom, I'm getting my first sling. I know you said you can use dram vials or deli cups, but I really want something pretty and nice looking to display in my, you know, I'm going to have it on my desk at work. I'm going to have it at home. I'm going to have it on a shelf or I have a few of them. I want something really nice to display it. What is there out there? And for a while, you know, I do the AMAC boxes. Some people aren't do-it-yourselfers. I know a lot of us find it very easy to drill AMAC boxes. Some of us just don't have the tools, don't have the know-how, don't have the motivation, for lack of a better term, to do the do-it-yourself stuff. And I totally understand. They don't mind to them spending a couple bucks on an enclosure is not a big deal. And we do forget sometimes, I think, because we have for many, many years, the tarantula hobby has had this unique aspect to it that nobody for the longest time was producing enclosures specifically for our animals. We would use reptile enclosures, we'd use fish tanks, we'd use sterilite enclosures, we'd use stuff from found at Walmart. There weren't many things out there branded for tarantulas. And I think that's unique because any other animal, you get a reptile, you get a bearded dragon, you can find a, a house out there with a bearded dragon with all the stuff in it. If you have geckos, there are gecko kits out there. If you buy snakes, tons of stuff for snakes, now, although some people still use the fish tanks. Gerbils, hamsters, ferrets, there's all stuff you can buy. You pick some, a dog. We just, Billy and I just got Bella. We had to go out and get, she was crate trained. We wanted to get her a nice crate with a cover on it. There's, there's stuff out there for that. We don't have that with tarantulas. So I think some of us got in the habit of not having that kind of stuff. Others come into the hobby and are shocked to find out that for the longest time there are. Now we've got companies that are finally figuring out there's a gold mine here to be made, you know, a lot of money to be made on making specifically enclosures for our spiders. But that's generally relatively new. You know, you got arachnosis over overseas that make beautiful enclosures. And that's from somebody that's a hobbyist that's trying to come up with unique ways to create enclosures that are, you know, cater to the collector and are appropriate for the spiders. Now over here, we have tarantula cribs, primal cages, uh, the exo, is it Exoterra, Zoomed that makes the ones that go together with the rubber band. They're supposedly tarantula enclosures. I haven't tried any of those out yet. They don't look like something I'm going to be fond of, but I do want to try them out eventually. Anyway, a lot of folks that get into the hobby don't mind. They're, they're like, hey, I'm spending $50 on this sling. I'm going to spend another $50 to send it to me. It's 100 bucks. Dropping an extra 13 bucks for an enclosure 
Not a bad deal. And back in the day, I used to order a lot of stuff from Jamie's Tarantulas. And one of the things that enticed me about it is I was just getting into the hobby. I wasn't comfortable. I did want something that I could display my animals with. I mean, I was one of those people that came in like I didn't want to use a dram vial. I didn't want to use a deli cup. I'm like, why am I going to spend the money on this spider and not have people be able to come over and go, hey, there's a spider in here. So I totally get that mindset. Every time I was looking for spiders, I'd stop at Jamie's to see they have slings. Good. I'm going to get the enclosure for it. I'm all set. So for a lot of people, that's a good deal. So for these, I had the, I think the tarantula sling crib goes for $10. It's probably about three by two by two and a half. Maybe I prep my dimensions are probably a little bit off, but beautifully packaged. They came packed really well too. That was one thing I noticed that they were, that box could have been kicked and it would have been fine. It, the, they have the little magnetic covers to them, which fit on beautifully. Nice little snap. Just the only thing I'd be concerned with or careful with is make sure that you don't have that thing snap on while the spider is trying to escape. You're going to have a squished spider. But beautiful little enclosures, tiny little 0 0.05 inch holes, I think, is the size drilled all the way around. So good ventilation. What I did was I rehoused into the sling crib. I put my Pseudhapalopus species Columbia. If you remember way back, anybody that watched the videos, I got one of these a couple of years back and they were three of them and they were super tiny. Like I would mistake them for grains of substrate. I could not see them. My eyes would cross when I try to look in those enclosures and see them. And I finally, mine finally put on enough size. I get on the dram vial and put it in there. I also put my Fonapelma morii into one of the cubes. And again, they look great. Those little covers are awesome for folks that want something pretty to display them in. And for folks who want something pretty to display them in that may not be into repurposing AMAC boxes, they just want something they can pop open, fill with some dirt. Put some moss in, some some cork in, and have their spider be good to go. These are a good deal. Now, for somebody that has a lot of spiders, a lot of slings, would you spend that kind of money? I guess it's up to you. If you want, if, I've seen pictures and videos of people's tarantula setups, and there are some folks out there they don't mess around. It doesn't matter if they've got the teeny tiniest sling or a large adult; they are all in beautiful enclosures. Am I going to make fun of them for that? Absolutely not. That's your money. That's you decide where you're going to spend it. I just think for some folks. Folks, obviously, they're going to find it a bit pricey. They're going to go wait for $10. I can go out and buy, you know, a whole sleeve of 16-ounce deli cups, or I can buy a bunch of AMAC boxes. I totally get it. For But for folks looking for, like, the premium, I believe one of the listings for the tarantula cribs, it might have been the sling crib, referred to it as luxury tarantula sling housing. And I like that because it is luxury thing. You don't have to spend that money, but for folks that want to, they're definitely worth checking out. So I did get, I have my only issue now is this, and I will say full disclosure, not something I would normally go out and buy. I would not, for me, I have all my slings in either the dram vials or we move them up to the 60, the deli cups. And I have them, I like them like that because the dram vial ones I can keep in I basically have a big sterilite bin that I can put them all in so I can take them out and feed them all at the same time. My other ones, I have them stacked up nice. You know, obviously they're very stackable. I stack them nice. I just like them that way. However, other folks may find them worth checking out. And I have a few of the larger enclosures that I'm also, I'll do reviews on once I rehouse them. I'm looking at them right now. They're gorgeous. I mean, there's no discounting that for folks that like the acrylic housing. And I know there's some folks out there that don't like it. There are downsides to it. It scratches very easily. You know, I, I get it. But for folks that like acrylic housing, it, they look stunning. The only issue I'm seeing right now is one of the ones I have. It They put a lot of ventilation in it, which is definitely a good thing. There's ventilation, some ventilation holes along the lid. 
There are ventilation holes up high for the arboreals. And then there is something that a lot of people forget. I'm guilty of this sometimes. Some ventilation holes down by the surface, by the substrate. So you can get that not only cross ventilation, but the, you know, the circulation of air through it. My only qualm is looking at these, it, I normally, even for arboreal tarantulas, like to put in at least two inches of substrate. I'm, I'm looking at all my arboreal setups behind me, and I have some of the you know, exoterra nanos. With those, I can basically angle the substrate up. So maybe it's only two inches deep in the front, but in the back, I can put it up to like four inches or so. I've done this before. I've done it with some of the other acrylic arboreal enclosures I have. However, where the bottom row of holes is, you can only put in about an inch of substrate. So what I bought these for is I want to put some of my Huntsman spiders and my wandering spiders into them. And they are ones, most of them require some moisture. So what I usually like to do is put a couple inches of really packed down some moist substrate in it so it retains moisture longer. And unfortunately, I'm, I'm going to have to figure out how to do it. I might even tape over some of the back holes and angle it up. But again, just something I'm noticing going through them, something that people might want to be aware of. Obviously, a lot of folks use them, have no issue with them. This is a personal thing for me that I like having that extra. I'm not a substrate Scrooge. I don't mind putting extra dirt in there. And that's something I got to kind of figure out. But that's just a, one thing looking at them. They are gorgeous. I have the ones with the sliding door in the front, which I think is fantastic because for a lot of the arboreal acrylic enclosures have that top opening which for species that like to bolt up and out that's a bit of a nightmare and this one has the front opening which will be kind of cool for some of these so that they can go you know even with the i'm thinking in terms of an avicularia species they usually like to kind of set up shop up top that would be wonderful for them uh they look you know so far just very impressed can't wait to put something in it and i'm going to probably be doing some rehousings hopefully this weekend billy and i she can't wait we got some you know, the couple of the wandering spiders that have to be rehoused. We got a couple of the huntsmen that have to be rehoused, you know, fast spiders. So we'll get some of those in them and I'll be able to do a thorough review on the other ones. But as far as the sling containers, if you have the money, if that's something you want to spend your money on, I would say yes. It's, it's one of those deals. Somebody asked me if it's worth it. And my take is it depends on the individual. Some people are going to think they're well worth it. And to them, it is. And you can't argue with that. Some people, it's not going to be worth it. You can't argue with that. It comes down to think about it this way, guys. We're spending hundreds, some of us thousands of dollars on spiders that we find worth it are the majority of folks out there, uh, out and about and at large and the general population going to understand spending that much money on a spider? Absolutely not. To them, our spiders aren't worth it. So it's all a matter of perspective. And that leads me into the topic we're going to be covering today. I know this is kind of a long roundabout one, but sometimes I like doing these ones where we just kind of flow into it. We start off with one thing, we move into another, and then we move into our main topic. So I know there was uh, some people that get upset because I'll put my main topic up there and I'll cover other things. It's tough when you have a podcast that goes 40 minutes and you're talking about different topics all through the whole thing. You can't really list them all in that title. So what I try to do now is go, hey, we start off with this, we move on to this and go to this. That's my new trick now to make sure people don't feel like they're cheated and that, you know, hey, I got 22 minutes in and they, you know, he's just started covering his main topic. But the main topic today is we're going to call it enclosure snobbery. Now, I think there's probably two groups of people out there right now, and both of them think they know where this is going. And we're going to talk about it on both sides of the spectrum, meaning Enclosure snobbery is when somebody goes out there and posts up, say, a picture of their spider. They've got a, I don't know, we'll go Pisolotheria metallica, and they have it in a large, uh, deep, sterilite tub set up arboreally, and somebody comes on and says, wow, what a beautiful spider. Too bad your enclosure is absolutely terrible. You should be ashamed. The, the spider deserves, I've gotten this one a lot myself, the spider deserves 
better than that. So that's one type of snobbery where people look at the folks that use the founding, we call them founding closures, the ones that, you know, you, you find a bin, you find something at Walmart, you adapt it, you put them in that and you use that as the enclosure. Then we have the other type of snobbery. It does kind of work both ways because both these groups, again, with any quote unquote controversial topic in the hobby, there's going to be two sides you know, with a handful, you know, some folks obviously in the middle and be able to kind of like, I consider myself a middle of the ground person most of the time, but there are two sides and both sides think they're correct. Both sides look with down disdain with the other side, but the other one, and this happens quite a bit because I do, I have a lot of found enclosures in my collection. And as I've talked about for the last couple of years, with me having limits on what I can actually get anymore, and with a lot of the spiders I have maturing, I'm now starting to put them in prettier enclosures. I would like to do a room tour at some point. I'm waiting to do it, but I would like to do a room tour, and it'd be nice to have some you know pretty enclosures to show off. Plus, every once in a while, we get company, not a lot, and it's nice to bring people up here and show them you know wonderful enclosures. But there's the other side where you put something up and you say, hey, I got this you know brand new tarantula cribs enclosure, and people come on and go, I'm sorry, that's not worth the money. That's, that's highway robbery that's that's garbage you could easily or my favorite when people come on and I get this all the time yeah that's really nice I have mine in a, I don't know fill in the blank sterilite enclosure old cheese puff container like whatever it may be and it cost me 50 cents so you you got you got ripped off buddy and that one drives me absolutely nuts the other side of it the folks that don't understand why people would spend that kind of money on enclosure and almost seem to become personally offended when you when they find out that you spent that kind of money, like it impacted them. And I guess maybe in some respects in that side, it's folks that maybe don't have the extra money for it. And it's a little of the fox and sour grapes. Although I have spoken to people that do have plenty of money for it. They're buying, you know, three, $400 spiders and they just don't understand why I've, I've heard this argument. How many people have heard this one before? Why spend all the money on fancy enclosures? That's just money you could spend on more spiders. I've heard that one before. And I think the enclosure snobbery thing kind of irritates me because, again, it shouldn't be about how expensive the enclosure is. I And that goes both ways. It shouldn't matter if it's a super pricey and expensive enclosure, and it shouldn't matter if it's a cheap enclosure. What matters is, is the spider set up correctly? I know I've referred before to uh, the one I get a lot of is the Theraphosa species. People get a Theraphosa species. They want to show it off. They want people to see these beautiful giant spiders. And unfortunately, what happens is there isn't a lot out there that's commercially made. That's one of the high end enclosures. That's a good fit for a large adult Theraphosa species. You get folks who go out, they'll buy the subadults. You know, they're already six, seven inches. And they're like, what do I put them in? Because this is something you want to put in. You want to give them some room to dig. Some of them will burrow right on through adulthood. You want to give them deep, moist substrate so the substrate doesn't dry out. And unfortunately, you got the Exoterra, the 12 by 12 Exoterra minis, I think it is, that are good for smaller ones. You can kind of pack in. Again, you can angle up that substrate and give them room. I've seen a, a couple of friends of mine have their younger ones in that. But once they get a certain size, there's not a lot out there. And that's where a lot of people will find the necessity. If they go out, they get these big tubs. They set them up six, seven inches of moist substrate, lots of floor space, multiple hides, water dishes. And then folks will come on and make fun of the enclosure. Why would you put that in spider in that terrible enclosure? Well, the spider actually appreciates The spiders, I guess... What we always need to keep in mind, the spider doesn't care. The spider will care if you keep it in the wrong type of enclosure, but if it's kept correctly, whether it's in a, I don't know, $10 Sterilite container or a $200 
tank, fish tank, or some type of exo giant exoterra glass enclosure, the spider's not going to care. It's going to have its burrow. Hopefully, it's going to have its hide. It's going to have the correct moisture levels. And regardless of what it's in, if it has those things, it's going to be just fine. Now, earlier, I mentioned the, I think it's a P. Metallica as an example of, you know, being in a sterile container and people getting upset about that. I have a video that I did quite a few years ago. I might have been 2000. 17, 18, where I showed my female P. Metallica in one of the sterilite containers. The deep ones are almost, I think they're right around 12 inches deep, around uh, 10 inches wide, and maybe 14 inches long or so. Not, I think what happens is people look at them and they see that they're, they have a little more ground space in some things, and they go, that's not an arboreal setup. And unfortunately, in these old videos, I sometimes would just hover over the top of it so you couldn't really get a good idea of how deep it was. And sometimes I just explain, they go, oh, okay, I didn't see that. But then the other contingency is they people come on and they see that and they go, wow, what a beautiful spider and what a terrible looking enclosure. That's that's a shame for the animal. And it bothers me because it's like the animal, I've raised this up from a teeny tiny sling. It was a three quarter inch sling or half inch sling when I got it. It does fine. Mine is, and, and one of the things you can look at, again, we have a hard time telling whether spiders are doing well or not. We talk about the fact that they're so resilient, so adaptable that they could probably do well in a myriad of conditions. So one person could have it one way, one person could have it another. Both spiders seem to be doing well. So it's a tough one to kind of prove. However, I will say that my P. Metallica sits on her cork bark quite a bit. She's fairly out in the open. I think the milkiness of that enclosure actually probably benefits her a bit. I've had this conversation with other people because it's a little less, you know, they don't have the best eyesight as it is. And with that milkiness to it, it probably cuts down a little bit, makes them feel, makes her feel a little more secure. When I took the other day, I had to go water her and feed her. And I took the top off. She was just sitting there perched right on her cork bark out in the open they do just fine in them. I have other Pisolotheria species, and as people know, I've been starting to put them in the big Exoterra mini talls, the ones that are 12 by 12 by, what, 18 inches high or 16 inches high or so. I'm starting to put ones in those, and those are doing well also. I mean, they're both doing well. Now, the funny thing is, when I come into the room, now, obviously, they have a lot more room in that, and it's a much prettier way to display. Like, I have my P. Rufalata in one, and she just looks gorgeous. But she does my P. Rufalata, and that one does about the same exact thing she did in her other enclosure. She sits right on her cork bark. When she sees somebody come in, her light goes on. She kind of slowly goes around to the backside of the cork bark. It's been like it's the same exact stuff. So she was fine either way. The other one, I have one in one of the big glass enclosures. I have one of them in one of the Sterilite bins. They're both doing well. My GBBs are another one. I have one of them right now. This one's The other one's getting moved. But one of them is in a 12 by 12 cube Exoterra Mini. And I had originally set it up as a quote-unquote bioactive. Everything since died, but she's got all her webbing in there. She does just fine. The other one is in a Sterilite container. Again, she just molted. She's been eating. She does fine. It's all about the spiders. I think people need to put aside their personal feelings when it comes to enclosures. When you see somebody post something up or you see somebody that's got something in a fancy enclosure and you're not a fan of the fancy enclosures... Let's just focus on what's inside the enclosure and how it's set up. Is it the correct setup for the spider? If the spider requires moisture, does the enclosure allow for it to maintain the correct moisture levels? Is there a water dish? Is there a hide? If it's a, a, a vicularia species, is, there's pl is there plenty of foliage for it to do webbing and hide behind? Well, if any species, is there plenty of you know either fake or real foliage to make sure that it's got some cover? Let's focus on that and not get hung up on the fact that, oh my God, you spent $150 for that? You got ripped. I, it drives me nuts because it's like, here's the deal. 
part of this hobby is buying the accessories and the stuff that go with it. You go out, how many people here, you buy a new tarantula and what is there, or you're getting ready to buy a new tarantula. And what's the first thing you do? You go to see if you have an enclosure for it. Sometimes like I just went, I'm, I'm purchasing a bunch more uh, huntsman spiders and true spiders. And I started kind of picking up some new enclosures because what I'm going to have to do is move some of my other ones out into bigger enclosures. And I do want them in prettier enclosures and put the old ones in those old enclosures. You know, you try to trade up, you move them, they get bigger, you move them out into bigger enclosures, you fill those old sling enclosures. And one of the things I did is went on and started looking for some pretty enclosures to put my spiders in. That's normal. I mean, I think with most hobbies, that's normal, especially ones that involve animals. If you buy fish, that you know obviously there's certain ones you can just drop in a bowl and you're good but for people that really get into tropical fish you're spending a lot of money on the tanks the equipment the pumps the filters the heaters the chemicals you're constantly the decorations there's a lot of money that goes into it and i think because the tarantula hobby for years we didn't have those you know tarantula specific enclosures well, some of us and some of the older folks in the hobby got very used to the fact that they didn't ever have to spend a lot of money. They could pick up, they could go online, they could order a bunch of slings, they could go into their cabinet and probably find what they need to make sling enclosures and never spend a dime. You know, folks over in the UK, a lot of folks will take dirt right out of the outside. We don't do it as much in the US, but over in the UK, a lot of folks will pull dirt right from the outside. You don't have to spend anything. However, if somebody decides, hey, I just spent, I just dropped... 300 bucks on these slings. I want to go out and spend another 300 bucks on sling enclosures or maybe they just bought a an adult and they want to display it. If they want to go out and spend that kind of money, it's worth it to them. That's their business. Don't light into them for that. Now, conversely, somebody goes out and buys the little slings and buys an adult and they pick up a Sterilite shoebox from, you know, say it's a Brachypelma Hammeri, and they buy a Sterilite shoebox from Walmart, and they buy some little dram vials or some little five-ounce deli cups to put the slings in. Who cares? As long as they set them up, as long as those slings have their moist substrate, they have some moss, they have a place to hide, they can burrow, whatever it may be. As long as that adult, again, has a hide, a water dish, correct substrate, who are we to judge that person? We got to kind of get off of that whole jumping on other people because they're not doing exactly what we're doing. There are things, I think there are things in the hobby that we could declare black and white, right or wrong. There are things in the hobby though that there's just, there's, it's a gray, it's not even a gray area. It's just a matter of opinion. We're not even, it's not even, it shouldn't even be a debatable subject. What should be debatable is how they're set up. So if you get somebody, for example, who sets something up the wrong, it doesn't matter what enclosure got. If it's, if it's set up the wrong way, that's something we can kind of jump in and politely, respectfully explain that they've got it wrong. For example, somebody emailed me a couple weeks ago. They had picked up a seed lividus and they had it in an exoteric cube, 12 by 12 by 12. Didn't look like there was a whole heck of a lot of substrate in it. Didn't look like there was a lot of room for it. It had like a hide, but it wasn't using it. It was kind of scrunched up in the corner. And they were asking me what's wrong with my C. lividus. It doesn't look like it's settling in well. That was a situation where they went out. They spent a lot of money on that enclosure, but probably I would not. And maybe folks out there have it, have one in it, and it does fine. But for a C. lividus, they're a type of species that they are truly fossorial. They want to dig. They want to burrow. And if you keep them correctly, you will never see them. Will there be the oddball that doesn't burrow and does some wet? 
webbing, of course, but most of them want to burrow. You don't see them. So if you give them an enclosure that only offers three, three or so inches of substrate total and not enough room to burrow, you're going to end up with an either a defensive spider, or in this case, it was kind of pathetic. It was a scared spider. It was just hiding out in a corner under a fake plant and wasn't moving. It was all scrunched up in the stress pose. They thought it might have been death curl. Nope, stress pose. That's a situation where, again, it shouldn't matter what the enclosure is. It's not that it's a nice enclosure. It's not that it's an expensive enclosure. It's the wrong enclosure. Same thing when somebody shows me a picture of an OBT and a Sterilite shoebox. And I go, that's great. That's nice. I know it hasn't because I've had people come up and go, well, it's not doing any burrowing. So I put it in this. Well, if it's not doing any burrowing, it's, it's likely going to do a heck of a lot of webbing. And you're going to have a situation pretty soon where it webs up that entire enclosure so that every time you rip the top off of that, you're ripping all that webbing up and disturbing the spider. Now you're going to have your quintessential, you know, orange ball of fury that everybody talks about because it's not set up correctly. So there's a situation where I don't care that the Sterilite container only costs you $3. That's irrelevant. What's relevant is it's not the correct setup. So we need to be more cognizant of that. When somebody posts something up with a new enclosure and it's a nice expensive one, but it's not your cup of tea. What is, how does the expression go? If you don't have something nice to say, don't say it. Don't, there's no point in going, that's a waste of money, or I wouldn't buy that. Nobody cares. It's not about you. It's about that person showing off what they like. If, if the enclosure is correct one for the spider, then who cares? That's your opinion, and everybody knows what we say about opinions. So it would be really nice if people would just lay off a little bit. And then conversely, again, when somebody posts up something in a sterile, if you're one of the ones that likes to do a lot of nice enclosures, and somebody posts something up and it's in a sterilite container, who cares as long as the spider is set up correctly? The snobbery on both sides is just, it, it gets ridiculous because I, and again, I've had this discussion with people where people have, you know, I get one person come on and go, I just got made fun of because I, I picked up a Lorex plastic enclosure and somebody went, why would you spend $115 on this? And then I'll get another one to go, somebody just got on my case because I found this huge plastic tub that I just used to put my T Blondie in, and they said it was a terrible enclosure. It wasn't good for the spider. Again, no, that's not true at all. It's all up to the individual. We got to kind of lay off with that. I think that's one of the the reasons why the whole social media thing and the forums and the groups and whatnot can be a dual-edged sword because there's always going to be that type of contentiousness, that type of, you know, half the people think this, half the people think that. And if they get enough people to agree with that point of view, their opinion then somehow becomes fact. And that's not the case. So enough with the snobbery. And again, what brought this up is uh, every time, and obviously the, the reason why I kind of segued into this is with the tarantula crib stuff. I have, every time I post up something where I review a certain type of enclosure, I try to, in the video or in the podcast, be very clear about the fact that some folks, this is going to be your target, and some folks, they're not interested, and I get that. I just wish the folks that weren't interested would either just comment. Usually when I do one of these videos, it also features a spider. Let's focus on the spider instead of going on going, that's a waste of money. Those are horribly overpriced. Why would anybody spend money like this? Or spending time to tell me what you put it in. That's great. But it has, it's not relevant to this particular video because this is for people that might be wanting to check this out. As I said with the tarantula cribs, would I probably buy the tarantula crib slings for all my slings? I probably wouldn't. It just wouldn't be 
financially viable for me to spend that much money on slinging closures. However, I know many, 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 many keepers that would disagree with me. Are they wrong? Of course not. I'm just saying for me, it's not something I would buy because that I'm not that target audience. I have at any given time dozens of slings that I'm raising. And for me, it's let's keep them in the I, dram vials, deli cups, and then we'll start looking at pretty enclosures when they get bigger. Other folks, that's not the case. I can't bemoan that. I can't say anything or criticize that because that's their point of view. So I guess my main point of this one is to just kind of be a little more cognizant of when we are expressing our own personal opinions about things as if they are fact. If again, if you're not, somebody's got an enclosure type that isn't your cup of tea, that's fine. If you want to show what you have them, what I always like and which would be nice to kind of have on the Facebook page is for folks to share what they use. If you use pretty ones, share the pictures of the pretty ones. If you use the more of the found enclosures, the Sterilite, share some photos of those. Let people know what you're doing. That gives people a better idea of what there is out there and gives them more of like, all right, you can pick and choose. That sends the message that find out which spider it is, find out what type of environment it needs, and then pick the enclosure that works for you, whether it be the expensive one or the cheap one. That's what I would prefer. I've been putting together a video for quite some time and I actually started, I wanted to wait till we moved here. I started it when we were at the old house and I realized it'd be so much easier to do here where we have more room in this room. A video just going through all the different things I've used for tarantulas, for enclosures over the years. And give people just a huge view of just how many different things there are out there to use. And if you're like me, and I know a lot of you folks are... You've got things that you use for three, four years, and then like my running joke is I put them out of circulation. It means I'm no longer using those. I found something that I prefer better. It doesn't mean the old ones were bad. It's just a matter of preference. I like these new ones better, or I can do more with them, or they stack better, whatever it may be. And I've spoken to many folks that have that that do the same thing. They they have something that they like, and then after a while, they find something else. They're like, actually, I'm going to go with this. That's part of the fun of the hobby is changing up enclosures, finding something new. So let's keep that in mind the next time somebody posts something up there. Let's keep that in mind next time somebody reviews something. If it's not something you like, don't bother. Just say thanks for the video or whatever and move on. And that's just not for me either. It's for anybody doing them. And let's instead obviously focus on the care of the spider. Are they being kept correctly? If they are, then that's the end of the story. What they're in is irrelevant at that point as long as they're set up correctly. So that'll just about do it for this one. Again, it kind of we bounced around, but I wanted to do the review. And again, I would definitely encourage, I'm going to be rehousing some spiders into the other tarantula cribs pretty soon. I'm kind of excited about it because they look so darn nice. And I do have kind of this idea of having all of my true spiders out one shelf in beautiful enclosures. And so far, I'm liking what I'm seeing. So when I do that, I'll talk a little bit more about the other ones. I haven't, I don't want to review them right now not having really used them. I want to set them up, see how it works. Maybe my issues with the shallow substrate won't end up being a big deal. Maybe I'll put them in and go, hey, you know what? Not for me, but other folks are obviously using them, whatever it may be, but we'll get to that when the time comes. And I'll probably be talking about some of my the spiders I put into them. But so far, the sling cribs, definitely cool. And I, the nice thing is I put that video up and there are a lot of folks out there that either use them or are checking them out because it's something that appeals to them. So again, that's the whole reason of doing the reviews is to show them it's not, I think people sometimes, that's the other thing and I forgot to mention this in the beginning. I think some people are used to folks who get this stuff 
for free and then they are supposed to pimp it like you somebody sends you a bunch of free stuff you do a video on it say this is amazing and I always want to make it very clear that's not what I do I waited the order from them because I wanted to they did send me some free stuff and that's what I'm trying out but my thing is I want to be candid I want to explain exactly like what I like about it what I don't like about it you're always going to get true feedback for me you're not going to get something that's like oh well they sent it to me so I got to talk nice about it. that's not how I roll I'm not going to bash it but I will point out things that I like and things I don't like and hopefully that'll allow people to make informed decisions so I do think sometimes when I post this stuff up people freak out because they're like oh boy he's talking about these because he was paid to do so no 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 it's because I enjoy talking about it. I enjoy if I find something that I like and something that I think is going to be useful I enjoy getting word out for people that may use it and then one more update I should have new theme music coming very, very soon. I am super, super excited about it. I keep listening to, I was, I don't want to say too much about it until it's ready, until I can debut it. But I think this is, this is going to be one that is going to be a natural progression from the original theme. It's quite different. But the first time I heard it, the I don't want to, again, I'm not going to talk about who's doing it. There'll be a lot of that once we get going and, and have it live. But I was sent like, a, hey, what do you think about this? And immediately, like I listened to him like, ooh. And then I listened to it again. I'm like, whoa, it's perfect. I love it. And that's the thing. It, bottom line, there's going to be people like, oh, I missed the old one or that's not my cup of tea. It's mine. I'm the one that has to listen to it every time I put these together. I like having the theme music. Somebody else said, you know, why don't you do away with the theme music? I like it. It's it's for me. It's something I do for me. And so really excited to debut this. It'll have, for YouTube videos, it'll have a brand new opening, brand new video as far as the opening with the new theme. Well, obviously, I know I talked before about keeping the old theme for the podcast, but no, that's going bye-bye. We're done with that. It's, it's like, I don't even want to hear it anymore because it caused so much frustration when that whole thing went down with them copyright claiming it but know that there is one coming I am super excited about debuting it and I do think that a couple months after it debuts a year after it debuts people aren't even going to think about the old theme it's just going to be that's going to be my theme and I think it fits a little bit but it, I love it so let's just put it that way so very excited to debut that very shortly we'll probably do an event where we do it both on the video and the podcast the same week so that everybody gets to hear it at the same time and then we'll you know obviously I'll share who did it and how it all came about because it's it's been an awesome story so that will do it for this one as always you can find me on tomsbigspiders.com you can find me on YouTube anybody that wants to check out those links enclosures if you're somebody and again just to be clear if you're somebody that's like no way i wouldn't spend that money don't bother it's fine or you can check out the slings the slings are pretty cute but people that they're looking eyeing those before or they're looking for something definitely check them out see if there's something that interests you if not no problem guys stay safe and we'll catch you all next time